Proverbs 18, 21. Let me just read one verse to you. It goes like this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Father, we thank you for your word. It never fails to challenge us. It never fails to change us. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to continue in my thought and our focus on weapons. Don't ever be lulled to sleep. Don't ever forget there is a war raging. There is a battle that we're in. We're enlisted to fight. The weapons are already there, loaded, full of potential packed with potency, but will we use the weapons? The weapon that I speak to you today is the tongue. Your tongue is a weapon. Let me see your weapon. Show your neighbor your weapon. <laughs> You've been wanting to stick your tongue out. That Just don't do like this and I think we're okay, right? tongue has power. Let me give you a little bit of facts and some trivia on the tongue. The average length from base to tip is about four inches. That is, unless you're Gene Simmons and you played for Kiss in the 70s and 80s. The male's tongue is heavier than the female tongue. The male's tongue weighs an average of 70 grams while the female tongue weighs somewhere around 60 grams. All the women said amen. I knew somebody, I knew a woman was going to say amen right there. Did you know that your tongue is made up of over 60% water? It's interesting. Yeah. Your tongue has over 10,000 taste buds on it. The tip of the tongue identifies sweet and salty. The back of the tongue, the base of the tongue, that's where the bitter is identified. And the sides of the tongue are for the sour. The tongue is one of the fastest healing body parts, one of the fastest, muscle, uh, fastest healing muscles that you have in your body. It's considered one of the strongest and most sensitive muscles. And nearly 85% of people can roll their tongue. Can you roll your tongue? No? You can't? You're in the 15%? Can you turn it upside down? All right, sorry. Does anyone want to guess what animal has the longest tongue? What was it? The camel, that's a good guess. The giraffe, actually. The giraffe's tongue is the longest of, of land mammals, and it, 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 it averages over 20 inches long. Of sea mammals, 
the blue whale has the biggest tongue. I, I could not believe this. The blue whale's tongue weighs an average of a small car. Like a, a beetle or a little VW bug. Can you imagine? The tongue of the whale weighs that much. Then there is the cow tongue. I thought I'd bring you one today. Anybody ever eat cow tongue? I figured. They tell me that it's quite good. CB said she'd take this and, and make me a sandwich out of it. But I don't know. I think I'm on pass, actually. If she cooks one and puts it in a sandwich, I might eat it. But looking at this and thinking about eating it, I, I don't know. I think I'm on pass. The cow tongue is about 12 inches long, and it weighs an average of about two and a half pounds, although I know for a fact this one has to weigh more than two and a half pounds. I thought I'd just let you look at that while I preach today. Look at it wag. Look at it wag. Let me see if I can get it to hang just a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure I get your attention today. The tongue as a weapon? Oh, yes. It absolutely is a weapon. It's not a question of if it will be a weapon. It is a weapon. My question to you is, whose hand is it in? Is it a weapon for God? Or is it a weapon for the enemy? There's really no gray area here, by the way. It's one or the other. Your tongue will be a weapon. I pray that today and from this day forward, our tongues and the words that are formed by our tongues would be a weapon in the hand of Almighty God, used only for His glory, used only for good, used only for building up, used only for encouragement, speaking words of life and liberty, speaking health and healing and, and hope to those who need it. That's what I pray today. And I pray that your prayer would join mine. Your voice would join mine. Your words would join with mine in praying that prayer. The tongue is an amazing muscle. It houses our taste buds, allowing us to enjoy all the wonderful foods of the world. But the tongue has great potential as a weapon. With our tongue, we form the words that we will speak. Words of life or words of death. James gives us some wonderful insight on the tongue, and I, I want you to turn to James chapter 3. So much goodness here in this chapter of James. James chapter 3, quickly go there. Let me start with verse number 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Let me just interject right here before I read on. 
That is because a teacher has to speak with his or her words every day, giving instruction. And your words have such great power that he's cautioning if you should be a teacher or not because of the outcome of your words. Not many of you should become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a, strict, we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, well, then he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the captain desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. See how great a, a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird Every reptile and creature of the sea is able to be tamed and has been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Listen to this now, verse number 9. I want you to look closely at this. With our tongues we bless God the Father, and with the same mouth, with the same tongue, we curse men who've been made in the likelihood and likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives or a grapevine? Does it bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. Your tongue is a weapon, a powerful, powerful weapon, packed with potential. Let me talk to you about some of the power that your tongue has today. Your, your tongue has the power to direct. Your tongue has the potential and power to give direction. It talked in verses 3 and 4 about uh, we put bits in horses' mouths and they obey us because of that. In fact, we're able to turn their entire body. Anybody ever been horseback riding? I like to ride a horse. I haven't ridden one for a little while, but I like to ride a horse. Anybody ever been bucked off a horse? Yeah, now see, that's not so fun. That's no fun at all. Karen was bucked off of a horse when she was a child, well, a teenager, and uh, almost, well, she had to be rushed to the hospital because the way she fell, it actually damaged her kidney. And they thought it was going to be kidney failure, and there was talk of, uh, well, all these things. But uh, the miraculous hand of God touched Karen and brought healing to her kidneys, and her kidneys are 100% whole and fine and healed today. Praise God. But I'm just telling you, a horse is a big beast. 
lot of power and strength and to think that it can be turned by the bit and that we can control the horse, that big animal that has the power to crush and the power to stampede and stomp someone's life out. What about a cruise ship? Anybody ever went on a cruise ship? Anybody ever cruised before? Thanks to this church, for our 10-year anniversary, y'all sent us on a Disney cruise. I was amazed. I was amazed. They doted over us and waited on us and pampered us. It was unbelievable. But the, the first thing that was unbelievable is just the massive size of this cruise ship. I mean, you just, you just look down the side, and, and it's, it's multi-levels and, and floors, and it was amazing. And to think that it can be steered and controlled and give direction by a rudder. There was a tragedy very recently in the news. I'm sure you heard of it. I'm sure you read of it. A cruise ship just barely off the coast of Italy. It ran aground and hit rocks. Do you know why it hit rocks? It hit rocks because it was directed to hit rocks. The rudder, by the command and control of the captain or crew, directed that ship exactly where it was to go. Unfortunately, it, it gave direction into an area that was dangerous, and many lives were lost as a result of this. Your tongue, just as a bit has power to direct a horse, just as a rudder has power to direct a ship, your tongue has power to give direction, and it will direct. Think about it with me today. Our tongues direct others. Parents, if you love your child, you're going to give direction to your child. How do you give direction to your child? It's by your words. You have to start early. I see Isabella here today in all her beauty, in all her glory, the miracle baby that we didn't know if we'd get or not. After more than one miscarriage, now, Mom, you hold the gift of life in your hand. Even now, you must direct her. How do you do this? You speak to her. Maybe it's in English, maybe it's in Spanish, and probably it's in Spanglish, but you direct this child. <laughs> if I know you too, they have to speak both, and they want this little girl to learn Spanish, and I do too. But you have to constantly. <laughs> Come on, Jose, there was your opportunity to get happy for God. And all the Latinos in the house said, hallelujah. You give direction. Parents give direction to their children by the words that they speak. They direct them. The stove is hot. Do not touch. Bosses direct their employees. And a good boss will clearly communicate with his words the direction that the employees need so they're not frustrated. I'm praying that God helps me to do better in this because I think everybody that works with me by now can read my mind. <laughs> See, I know what I thought, and I thought I even maybe said it. But sometimes what I thought never really came out. See, 
So to give clear, concise communication and direction to your employees by the words that you speak. Sergeants, direct privates. Presidents, direct countries. Rulers, direct nations. Pastors do their best to give direction to the congregants. And yes, teachers direct students. That's why it says in verse number one, let not many of you become teachers. Stricter judgment for those who are giving direction to other people. You're directing others by your words. I was in sixth grade. I joined the sixth grade choir. And Mrs. Bonner was the teacher. And I remember after one class, she pulled me aside. And she told me, I think you have a really, really nice voice. And you're able to sing. I would like to work with you. She only pulled me and one other boy aside and said, I see potential in you to strengthen and to, to, to better what you already have. To my knowledge, she was not a Christian woman. But Mrs. Bonner took me on an ongoing basis for many months. And after class was over, I had to set up time, but she would pour into me and she would help develop my voice. But more than developing my voice, her words developed my spirit. And she built me up because she saw something in me. And she just spoke words to me that directed me and put me on a path that led me to where I am today even. I believe that. I believe Mrs. Bonner had a part in me being where I am today and doing what I do today because she poured confidence in me. And the words that she spoke were words of encouragement and words of direction. That's how powerful your tongue is. I've got many teachers. How many teachers are in the house today? Let me see your hand real quick. We've got a handful of teachers here today. This is a strong word for you. I mean, for God to single out teachers right here, don't back away from that. Don't shy from that. Embrace it fully, but know that God called you out specially in this verse. That's how important your words are in, in shaping young lives. Who knows what they will grow to become? And you never know, teachers, what they're ha hearing at home and what they're receiving at home. You may be the only source of hope and life and help that they get. Everything else might be the beatdown in their words. Hallelujah. Teachers, stand real quick. Come on. All the teachers, I need to pray a prayer over you right now. Jesus. You're teaching in a school, you're teaching in a university, you're teaching in a preschool, you're an aide, whatever, stand quickly, quickly, quick. Sunday school teachers, get in on this. This is, you're a teacher, you're a teacher. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, teachers. Now, Father, we pray for a, an extra portion to be poured into our teachers right now. Pour into them ability, God. Fill them with your love and with your, with your words. Fill them with compassion and kindness, God. Use their words and the tongue for great, great influence in the young lives, maybe adult lives even, God. Whoever they have influence over, Lord, use their words mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Our tongues have power to direct others. They also have power to direct ourselves. 
I wonder how many times we speak good things over other people, but we don't really have anything good to say about ourselves because we don't really think that much of ourselves. Folks, this is the year that we break all of that and we start declaring over our own lives what God wants us to be and what God wants us to do, becoming what God says that we can do. Speak to yourself good things. Believe for yourself greatness, prosperity, and favor from God. The psalmist David said, I will bless the Lord. He said it, I believe he said it out loud because maybe he didn't feel like it. But his words said something else. Maybe say out loud over yourself, you're going to make it today. You're going to encourage somebody today. You're going to help somebody along the road today. God is going to be with you today. I talk to myself, I'll, I'll admit it. Anybody else talk to yourself? Just if you ask yourself questions, try not to answer those. That's where they tell me you get in trouble, but I'll admit it, I've even done that. Your tongue has power to direct. Your tongue has power to destroy. A very, very destructive muscle, the tongue. And I think it's worth reading again. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Strong words. And whoever wrote, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me, was an idiot. Come on now. That's my opinion. But I don't believe that. I believe sticks and stones can break your bones and words can destroy you. I get the heart of that little, that little rhyme. But you better know words can bring destruction. Words can bring death. In 1899, four newspaper reporters from Denver, Colorado, set out to tear down the Great Wall of China. They almost succeeded, literally. The four met by chance one Saturday night. They were in a Denver railway depot. Al Stevens, Jack Turney, John Wilson, and Hal Wilshire. They represented the four Denver papers, the Post, the Times, the Republican, and the Rocky Mountain News. Each had been sent by his respective newspaper to dig up a story, any story, for the Sunday editions. So the reporters were in the railroad station hoping to snag a visiting celebrity should one happen to arrive that evening by train. None arrived that evening by train or otherwise. The reporters started commiserating. For them, no news was actually bad news. All were facing empty-handed return slips to their city desks. Al declared he was going to just make up a story and hand it in. The other three laughed. Someone suggested they all walk over to the Oxford Hotel and have a beer. So they did. Jack said he actually liked Al's idea about faking a story. And why didn't each of them fake a story and get off the hook? John said Jack 
was thinking too small. Four half-baked fakes wasn't going to cut it. What they needed was one real whopper. They could all use another round of beers. A phony domestic story would be too easy to check on. So they began discussing foreign angles that would be difficult to verify. And as Paul Harvey states, and now the rest of the story. China was distant enough. It was agreed they would write about China. John leaned forward, gesturing dramatically in the dim light of the bar room. Try this one on, he said. Group of American engineers stopping over in Denver en route to China. The Chinese government is making plans to demolish the Great Wall. Our engineers are bidding on the job. Harold was skeptical. Why would the Chinese want to destroy the Great Wall of China? John thought for a moment. They're tearing down the ancient boundary to symbolize international goodwill, to welcome foreign trade. Clink, another round of beer. By 11 p.m., the four reporters had worked out the details of their preposterous story. After leaving the Oxford bar, they would go over to the Windsor Hotel. They would sign four fictitious names to the hotel register. And they instructed the desk clerk to tell anyone who asked that four New Yorkers had arrived that evening, had been interviewed by reporters, and left early the next morning for California. The Denver newspapers carried the story, all four of them, front page. In fact, the Times headline that Sunday read, Great Chinese Wall Doomed, Peking Seeks World Trade. Of course, the story was a phony, a ludicrous fabrication concocted by four capricious newsmen in a hotel bar. But their story was taken seriously. Their story was picked up and expanded by newspapers on the East Coast and then by newspapers around the world. When the Chinese themselves learned that the Americans were sending a demolition crew to tear down their national monument, most were indignant and some enraged. Particularly incensed were the members of a secret society, a volatile group of Chinese patriots who were already wary of foreign intervention, they, inspired by this story, exploded. They rampaged against the foreign embassies in Peking, and they slaughtered hundreds of missionaries. In two months, 12,000 troops from six countries joined forces, invaded China with the purpose of protecting their own countrymen. The bloodshed which followed sparked by a journalistic hoax invented in a bar room in Denver became the white-hot international conflagration known to every high school history student as the Boxer Rebellion. You see, words can harm. Words can destroy. Words can bring death. Be very, very careful 
what words you'll speak. Our scripture here in James 3 says that the tongue is like a fire and it will spread like a wildfire. That's gossip, isn't it? Did you hear so-and-so? I'm just telling you this so you'll know how to pray. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is, is so set among our members that it, what? Bring this up. It defiles. Defiles the whole body. It's a poison that will spread through the whole body. And no man, verse number 8, can tame the tongue. It's unruly. It's an unruly evil and full of deadly poison. Understand today, your tongue has the power to direct, but it also has power to destroy. Your tongue, thirdly, has power to declare. Power to declare. Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 12 in verse number 34. He says, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks or declares. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart will bring forth evil things. I found this quote from Tommy Nelson. It was so appropriate for our time together today. He said, the tongue is the bucket that dips into the well of a person's heart. <laughs> the tongue is the bucket that dips into the well of a person's heart. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. There is the matter of being self-controlled in our speech. And I believe the Spirit of God will help us if we will ask for His help. But I'll tell you this, whatever's in your heart is going to ultimately come out. If you've been thinking on something that's not right and you don't take it captive and you don't do something about the wrong thoughts, they will transfer from the mind and from the thoughts into the heart. And then it's just a lifestyle. And ultimately, whatever is in your heart, it is going to come out of your mouth. When the push comes, when the shove comes, when the difficulty comes, when the storm comes, when the temptation comes, when the trial comes, whatever is in the heart, it's going to come out of the mouth. When you squeeze the grape, the real juice comes out. What's in a grape? Grape juice. If you're looking for apple juice, don't go squeezing a grape for apple juice. You're not going to find apple juice in a grape. You're going to find the juice that is in the grape. And when the squeeze comes on you, what's going to come out of you? Is goodness going to come out of you? Is, is, is God's word going to come out of you? Or is anger going to come out of you? 
resentment going to come out of you? Your real thoughts on the matter. When your button is pushed, does anybody still have a button somewhere? You got a button? And I bet your, I bet your wife knows where your button is. Anybody got a goat tied somewhere? Come on, you know how to let the goat loose, right? Get your goat. What happens then? I mean, somebody says the wrong thing to you. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Somebody uh, is rude to you at the market. Or, I mean, if you push the button on the right day, you can really go off on somebody. I mean, it's like poetry. It's like a work of art. You, you, you just look at that person and go, how in the world did she? And let me tell you something else about the power of your words to destroy. You're going to be held accountable for every word that you speak. Matthew 12 and 36 says, but I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it on that day of judgment. For by your words, you'll either be justified or by your words, you'll be condemned. Wow. So I say, God, help us with our words. And if we will pray, God, help me with my words, I believe God will help us with our words. In fact, this might be a good scripture for you to memorize and recite. It is Psalm 141.3. The psalmist said, God, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Don't say everything that comes to your mind. Words that deceit, words that are idle. How about bite your tongue? Bite my tongue. Shut your mouth. And we wait on God. Because God has a way. The Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? God has a way of sorting it all out. We don't have to help him in this matter. And your words, once you say them, there's no getting them back. You ever said something that you regret? Oh, I wish I could eat my words. I wish I could take those words back. There's no taking them back. So from today forward, we'll only say those things that will bring God glory and honor. We'll be a hand, we'll be a weapon in the hand of Almighty God, our tongues, our words. And then they will have the power to deceive. Lastly, your tongue has the power to defeat the enemy of your soul. Did you know that with your words you can defeat the enemy? There are three ways that I believe your words will defeat the enemy. First of all, speak the name of Jesus. No, I mean right now. Speak the name of Jesus. That's still a powerful name. There's still power in that name. There's still authority in that name. Demons still tremble at that name. Oh, I know our society, our culture has tried to take this sacred name and, and put it in the camp of the defiled. And they'll use it as a swear word. Jesus Christ. That's a holy name. 
That's my Savior, Tim. And I get indignant sometimes thinking, couldn't you say anything else? But that? But you know something? I still think there's so much power in the name of Jesus that even though they try to take it and use it in vain and use it as, as negative, I still say when the name of Jesus goes forth and goes out, there's still enough power to, to, to free people. So we need, somebody says that, we need to just kind of turn the table on them. If they use it like that, then we could just say, oh, I see you know him too. Oh, I see you recognize his power too. Oh, I see he's your savior too. Oh, I see you want to praise him right here in the marketplace too. Hallelujah. They're not taking my savior's name. They can't have it. I'm not giving it up. It is still the name that is above every name. He said, I have given him a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, demons tremble, knees will bow, tongues will confess. Hallelujah. Start saying the name of Jesus. Start declaring the name of Jesus. Quoting the name of Jesus. Standing on the name of Jesus. Whisper the name of Jesus. Shout aloud the name of Jesus. Sing with joy the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the word of God. How many have your Bible with you today? Let me see. Be it electronic or paper. Uh, call me old-fashioned. I still like a paper Bible. I still like hearing the pages turn. I still like feeling the leather. But I also have my Bible on my phone, and I have it on my iPad, and I have it in my office. You have your Bible, but do you know your Bible? Jesse, help me here, please. Everybody's attention on me. Do you have your Bible in your heart? See, we've got to have the Bible not just on our lap, not just on our phone. We have to have the Bible lodged here. Okay, Folks, this is real church here today. Anything might happen. Don't let the enemy distract you. We're talking about the Word of God and using this as a powerful weapon. Don't be distracted today. Don't be distracted today. Have the Word in your heart. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to meditate on it. The psalmist said, I delight in it. Memorize it. Quote it. How did Jesus defeat the enemy? Mm -hmm. You remember? He said, it is written. Those are three words that I would like you to write down if you're taking notes, and I want you to add them to your vocabulary. And I want you to, if Jesus said, it is written, and then he actually said what was written, I think that's a good pattern for us to follow. It is written, or the Bible says, but you've got to know what is written and what the Bible says. Because if all you do is go, it is written, uh, and you want something to come out, 
Remember, whatever's in the well here is going to come out. Whatever's in the heart, it's going to come out. If you have stored up the Word of God and hidden the Word of God in your heart, when the crunch time comes, the Word of God is going to come out of you, and you will be able to fight with success the enemy of your soul and say, it is written. Use your tongue to defeat the enemy. By the word of God and by the name of God, by the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the word of God. Speak in faith. This is critical. Because there's plenty of people speaking the name of Jesus, am I right? Even in vain. I think the key here is speaking the name of Jesus in faith. There's plenty of people speaking the word of God. The devil knew the word of God. The devil used the word to tempt Jesus and try to trip Jesus up. The religious leaders knew the word of God, did they not? They would try to to trap Jesus and say, well, doesn't the Bible declare or doesn't scripture say, doesn't the law state No, we're going to speak the name of Jesus in faith, believing. We are going to speak the word of God in faith, believing. No doubting, no idle words, no destructive words. We're going to speak words that build up, words that encourage. And we'll do it in faith. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is how your tongue can be a weapon. A weapon in the hand of God, it's sharp, powerful, able to speak life or death. So we will speak death to the enemy's plans and declare that his plans will not succeed. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we will speak life to others, our children, our students, our neighbors. Will your mouth produce the words of life or death? Will it bring forth fresh water? or bitter water? Does it produce spring water or salty water? Will it bless God or curse men? You desire your tongue to be a weapon in the hand of God. I want to invite you to stand all over this sanctuary today. It will definitely be a weapon. There is no question. There's no gray area here. But if you desire your tongue to be a weapon in the hand of God, let me invite you to stand all over this room. Father, we recognize fully the battle that is before us, that we are in the middle of. 
And I pray, God, that you would help us to recognize this powerful, powerful weapon used in your hand. It will defeat the enemy. Anointed by your hand, it will bless you and praise you and worship you. Our tongue, Lord, as a weapon, will declare your word. Standing on your word and speaking those things in your word. God, let our tongues be used to direct those that we come in contact with. Our children, our co-workers, our employees, our neighbors. Help us, Lord, not to speak an idle word or a word of gossip. Help us, God, not to speak words of negativity, grumbling and complaining. Even in the hard times, God, may there be such a wellspring in our heart of goodness and of your word and of trusting you that that would come out of our mouths as well. Let this weapon, God, be loaded for bear, ready for use, all for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The power of the tongue. Power of the tongue. Look at that thing wagging. Let not our tongues wag like this cow tongue wags today, but may it be used for God's honor and God's glory. I appreciate you all being here today. Thank you for making this your priority to be in God's house and to praise Him and to learn of Him. I want to invite you back on tonight. We have guest missionaries from the Philippines with us, Galen and Dickie Hertwick, and you don't want to miss this. And if that weren't reason enough, we also have the Blackfoot pl Platoon. This is a group of military that we have been supporting um, over many months now. And um, Lieutenant Polton and his wife and some of the members of the platoon are going to be with us tonight. And I want to honor them and also give them a window of opportunity just to update us on um, what has gone on there and how we can continue to pray for them. Oh, I can't read lips very well. There is a salad bar. Why don't you come talk about it and dismiss us in prayer. Hey, don't forget after a service tonight, when you, or right now when you go out on the left-hand side by the fountain, there's a salad bar. All the proceeds are going to go to kids' ministry. Um, and they're actually, it uh, keeps your resolution, but I don't know if, if they're, if you're trying to keep a resolution, they've got some great desserts out there too for a buck. So, um, you know, you're kind of going to be in a dilemma. So it's $5 donation, a uh, dollar for a drink, dollar for a dessert. So uh, support kids' ministries, okay? All right. Lord, we thank you for our chance to once again meet in this place, this this set aside, this sanctified place, Lord, that we can meet you and, and you can meet us, Lord. We thank you for the miracles that have, that have happened in this room this morning, Lord. Uh, from, from changed lives to changed bodies, Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord, just to stay with us and to be with us 
in everything that we do and everything that we say throughout this day and throughout this week, Lord, bring us back again uh, under your guidance and safety. In your precious holy name, amen.